Hey guys, welcome to the one and only Fox and Burger podcast, where we bring you closer to the Asian side of the furry fandom. I'm your co-host Fox. And I'm Burger. And today we're going to Hong Kong. Joining us today on this journey is Gontos the Bobcat and Squirrel the Red Fox. Gontos has been in the fandom since 2011 and is currently residing in Hong Kong. Squirrel has been in the fandom since 2014 and currently resides in the United Kingdom. We're very excited to have both of them talk to us about the Hong Kong furry fandom and how the fandom is like over there. So without further ado, let's give them a big awoo. Hey, that's me, Gantos. I'm on television. (laughs) It's very interesting because we're recording this episode during a hurricane, technically. I think we had the same thing happen with Pukan, so I guess fate struck us twice. But uh, uh, so far, rains haven't hit us in Taiwan yet. Yeah, I could, I could, yeah, to, to totally understand that because like the two versions and the two hurricanes have just like somehow just passed by Hong Kong. Oh, really? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully you'll be okay and we'll be all all right. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, section one then. So, uh, briefly tell us uh, what your guys's persona is and how you guys joined the fandom. Well, um, like you said, I'm a bobcat, and I've been in the Hong Kong side of the fandom since um, 2011. I was formerly a purple Pomeranian wolf by the name of Tev when I initially joined the Vancouver side of the furry fandom back in 2011, mm-hmm. and I joined that for like around three years. And then when I moved back to Hong Kong, I had a few years in which I uh, was going through a bit of a hiatus, and I looked a bit in the on the Hong Kong side before joining the uh, furry fandom again in like 2017. My persona is Nosebleed. Uh, he's a red fox. Wow. Uh, Hardcore. Yeah, it's very a very generic red fox with mm-hmm. uh, red, black, and white and stuff. Uh, because uh, I asked my friends what color matches the vibes I was giving off at that time. So I joined the fandom through a recommendation video on YouTube uh, in twenty fourteen March, and then I participated in the Hong Kong community uh, through like. An invitation to a mm-hmm. WhatsApp group by a member. Uh, in the July of 2017, yes, and Zootopia is the main influence that brought me into this fandom. It's always interesting the influence that Zootopia has now on, I guess you would call it the newer recruits for the fandom. Like, when I first joined, I think the biggest furry thing uh gosh what would it be it would have been in somewhere in like 2009 2010 hmm. i thought b is like is probably the newest generation of furries because b stars are like everybody's talking about b stars and then zootopia is like being put aside <laughs> well i mean zootopia is disney that's a much bigger yeah, franchise I, than I Okay, I'm forgetting the studio that did Beastars, but also Beastars is on Netflix, and uh, there's been a couple more furry stuff that's come out after that as well. There's also B and A. I'm in it. Love B and A. You keep you keep saying that just because they ripped off your OC. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I I, I want to say though that um we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit different here in this episode, guys. Um, this episode is gonna be a bit more topical, so we actually have like several topics and questions, 
uh, that we'll be asking about in general for the Hong Kong furry fandom. So we're not really going to have a section uh, two, by the way. We're not going to have that for this episode. I did want to say briefly, though, I think I met Gantos for the first time. I think like in person, it's got to be like 2019, was it? Like, I think that's when oh, I yes, saw yeah. you. Infinity was at uh, yeah. that dinner meet. Um, mm-hmm. In Infernity 2019, I, I know you were there in 2018. And I know Skrill was um, at Infernity 2018, uh, which I really missed. That argu- in arguably both 2019. Speaking, yeah. Like, oh, did you go to 2019 as well? Yeah, I, d- I did too. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I know, um, like for Skrill, I don't know if I actually had the chance to actually talk to you, though. I remember seeing your fursuit because I think you're in some, some of my pictures. Still, though, like it's, it's awesome to have both of you. Uh, on the podcast and i don't think i have met either of you in person yet i may have seen gantos in the what was it the infernity telegram group chat mm-hmm. yep that's me that's yeah. him with the hipster um, uh like beanie and him looking off to like the side because he's too <laughs> cool for school <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was a furry before it was cool i was a furry I, before b stars was cool I was a furry before Zootopia was cool, which technically is true. I was into Pokemon back then, and that's and then I was like really, mm-hmm. I was like I was like really so not original. I just went with like um, a wolf dog because back then I was like I really like um, canine Pokemon like my tier, uh, canine and hyena Pokemon like Matina and Ar- Arcanine. Mm-hmm. So, good yeah. choices. Good choices. Let's go ahead and get into our uh, comparing contrasting fandoms uh, section then. Um, so as always, uh, I like to start with uh, our first question, our first basic question, which is, uh, in general, how does the Hong Kong public view furries? I don't think they really um, are too aware of like the um, furry community in Hong Kong because it's like when they see the furries, they like usually conflate it with like the um, anime and cosplay scene. Sure. Yeah, it's like um, when they see a character, they'll be like, oh, who is this a character of? Uh, and be like, uh, it's my own character. Awkward silence. <laughs> so when they yeah. ask you, like, who's this character of, they're probably thinking, like, is it from, like, a TV show or, like, an anime series? Is that what Indeed. you're saying? Yep. Oh, okay. Right. And right. Not, not to mention that it's like we don't really have our own Furcon, so we usually just um, piggyback off, like, the um, local anime um, convention. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong, so that's kind of like where the assumption is. Other than that, it'll be like, "Whoa, look at that cute dog! Whoa, look at that cute cat! Mm-hmm. Whoa, look, <laughs> look at that cute wolf!" Etc. Etc. It's just, I think it's relatively um, general and relatively uh, tame without um, too much of like specific opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my opinion, uh, I think that the uh, Hong Kong public they do not assume it just for fun, probably. If they see a furry in the wild or, or just probably hang around, they're going to say, oh, it's a very time-consuming and an expensive hobby. Why are you buying these art? They're, they're for nothing. And then, yeah, it's just very goal-oriented. And they thought it was like business or something. So, uh, I mean, Hong Kong is a very fast-paced uh, city. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. It's more like it a neutral uh, yeah, follow-up question for uh, Skrill then. Um, now, uh, would you say then that like the Hong Kong public kind of like conflates like mascotting with furry then? Do they think that you're like a mascotter for some company? Yeah, or that show one or time like that? Uh, I was being a handler at a waterfront park. Uh, mm-hmm. 
someone was pursuing and they they come over here and ask if we're like doing for charity or or is it like a business promotion or something they sure. they thought it was like a promotion or business related activity or something I want I want to ask that because um it it's a, I guess it's like a like a favorite of mine because um for fans of the show or for like longtime viewers of the show we're always comparing and contrasting fandoms right and so this is a question that we've been asking a lot and we've been finding out that around Asia that the idea of like a fursuiter being a mascot uh like mistaken as a mascot I mean is is a thing right like it, it's in Taiwan and and I believe in our latest episode that we recorded with Titania, I think they said the same thing. I, I believe in Japan, it's, it's the same as well from what I hear. Um, and so like, I always find that interesting though, cause like, I just think about like in the States, if, if uh, I don't, I'm not a fursuiter, but in the States, like, I don't know if I would immediately associate a fursuit with like a mascot per se, though, you know, that's, that's not to say that um, it, it, it can happen. Like it might happen. I just don't see that happen as often. I want to move on to our next question, though, keeping on this topic of like the Hong Kong public and how they view furries. When, when you're trying to talk to a person who's like a non-furry, then like what words or concepts do you use to explain to that person what furry actually is? In layman terms, we could just say uh, we're a fan of um, anthropomorphic animal and like just cartoon animal people, the, the short of it, that is. And uh, for me, I'm going to ask them, hey, have you seen that movie, uh, The Lion King? Oh, yeah, <laughs> the lions inside of that movie. Oh, they talk. Yeah, I like animals, cartoon animals that talk. Oh, have you seen that movie, Zootopia? Yeah, I like those too. They are, the cartoon animals are just uh, very interesting. And then also, uh, other than the cartoon side, uh, I usually tell them like, oh, I love like, cosplaying as like a character that was created by myself mm -hmm. so yeah that's it so then like uh or at least based off of what Skrill said like i actually do use that like i don't know how, how would you say it like that reference i guess like oh do you know the lion king or do you know zootopia do you know what anthropomorphism is like if i if i was using english i would probably say those words um to kind of convey the concept of furry to kind of help that person I think at, at some point I might also use the word cosplay as well. Um, I think that like people kind of know what cosplay is. And so to use that word, it's like bridging that gap. Um, had a question here for Gontos though. Uh, this is actually kind of a fun question um, that I've been asking other guests, but like, then how do you say the word furry in Cantonese then? Okay. So first of all, it's like one of the words would be like, mau mau. Sure. Mao mao. Um, the other one is like, um, what about shouren? I think that kind of works, but I think at the same time, when I think of Saoyan, I think of the orcs. I think of yeah, most yeah, yeah. like the high fantasy races. Right. Or another one would be like in a heavily Hong Kong accent English, furry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, I was always curious about that because in our, like, I guess, like travels across Asia in this podcast, like the, 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 the word for furry, probably because I'm in translation, I'm always so interested in that kind of like concept because you can either transliterate it uh, like you just said furry you can transliterate it or there might be a native word for it already in that country or, or in that region and so i was really curious about that so yeah thank you for that now let's think about this let's say you go out put on your fursuit and head out into hong kong how easy would that be do you need like a permit do you need some kind of permission if you're going to a private area even like a public area how do you go around fursuiting in Hong Kong without causing any trouble with the public? 
Well, if you like just one or two persons going out in public and just like putting on your head and just like taking a few shots and then taking it off, then um, that's relatively okay. But if you're like trying to like start a flash mob in like a in like a shopping center or right in the middle of a CBD, then it would be very difficult because number one. They'll probably ask you for a permit because, um, as um, Skrill has said, um, they would think that you're probably like working for like um some sort of NGO or like you're like trying to promote some promote some products. Mm-hmm. And um, if that's not the case, they'll be like, "You guys are just in the way. Can you guys um move on or something?" Mm. And um, not to mention is because um, well, I think given the political situation, it's like they wouldn't be really happy to see like you like just um putting on like the heads and stuff like that because. They don't know who you are underneath, so right, that'll be right. a bit of a problem. And also, um, even if you um, put all of these um, security issues with the public out of the way, Hong Kong is a very, very hot place. It's like, um, it's like if if you're, if you're trying to just go and first in like uh, during the summer, like in like thirty to thirty five degrees at like ninety percent humidity, <laughs> out in public. Good luck with that. And that means I have to give like particular um, respect to first in like some other places like Singapore and. And um, Thailand, Indonesia and Malaysia, it's like yeah, yeah. That that's crazy awesome, man. It's like it it takes a lot of stamina to do that. And, and water, stem. yeah, stamina, endurance, and water. That's yeah. I mean, it's surprising. I guess it's not that surprising, but it's basically kind of this phenomena of just all of Southeast Asia, just because it's close to the equator. But like basically, almost all weather is just um hot rainy humid or cloudy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it's a good thing at least in hong kong for like the winter and like um early spring it's actually relatively well like it could, it could go down to like um 10 to 15 degrees and that's usually when uh, we would actually consider um first out in public talk about the tall buildings yeah the tall buildings it's all it's like there's the no air, air isn't movement. gonna be good. We don't have fresh air because the air right. is just being recycled through the tall buildings. Mm-hmm. Props of living you in a concrete jungle. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feel. Uh, one thing to mention about the uh, first sitting outside with the permit and stuff. In 2017, we have like a annual fursuit parade we go on fursuiting uh in the public area and then we start from a hotel when we got to the hotel and we were trying to get out like with our fursuits and stuff the security immediately stopped us and requires us to uh take the head off uh, when we're entering in their private property so uh it's yeah it's very it's very clear that uh hong kong in private places hong kong is very strict about uh the no mask in their property rule so yeah when you're first living in mall and stuff it's just better to contact the mall itself or just contact whatever department is in charge because getting a permit is like a lot safer Right. Because it's unfortunate. It's like um, even if you have done all the work to like um try trying to get permission and trying to get approval, it's like when it comes to that day and they, and they actually see the reality of the situation, it's like they do kind of have a discretion to like pull back on some of the agreements, which I I, don't, I really don't blame them. But yeah. I mean, also hotels, they don't think that, uh, wait, this is not profitable. This is not for business. Why Why am I wasting time on letting you uh, standing here and then causing a blockage? 
because people are taking pictures of you, and yeah, basically they don't really buy that idea when it's not profitable for them. Yeah, that sounds really hilarious, and basically explains how Hong Kong is based on all that I've read and seen about Hong Kong and how capitalist it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's all a big rat race. <laughs> yeah, everything is a competition. The moment you are born, it's a competition. Yeah. So, uh, you already kind of answered one of the following questions, which is, what are some funny stories that you all have regarding to fursuiting in Hong Kong? But if you have any other anecdotes, then I will accept that as well. Yes, I do. Go ahead. During one of the, the other Christmas first fursuit parade walks in Hong Kong, yeah, it was, it was around the same area. We ran into a local party bus group. It's like, and then of course, yeah, like yeah, like photos uh, oh, being yeah, taken, and laughters and what laughters and whatnot. And then dear tour guide had to say to the tour group, uh, "This is not part of the itinerary. This entire funny animal costume <laughs> parade is not part of the festival <laughs> itinerary." So, so and I've actually found it really hilarious, and I've got a small twenty second video clip that I could um, share later. Mm-hmm. About love it. to see it. I love seeing other people's reactions when we first do it in public. And that one time, um, I remember we are first shooting at the uh, Chunwan West uh, Waterfront Park, and then like mm-hmm. a group of Filipinos screamed in excitement as <laughs> if they've won like a jackpot from a lottery. Um, for at least half of an hour, they were very polite. That's one thing. Uh, but like their reactions with their friends just screaming and also like the oh it's so cute uh that thing it's just hilarious and also heartwarming because uh, it's a great thing to see that we're we're putting smiles on people's face absolutely and we made like a great memory for them and their friends it's like most of our funny experiences are pretty wholesome yeah but like one time i i get pulled in the tail by the by children Oh. Uh, so yeah <laughs> I, I i work with children so i know exactly that kind of behavior it's just weird that it's a lot more physical when it comes to asian kids than other <laughs> I, I guess in america i think and i'm not talk tra- about hong kong uh style education the parents are extremely protective and competitive when it comes to kids so sounds I mean, like yeah, if sounds- it's their kid they can do it <laughs> It mm. it sounds like Taiwanese education as well. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it kind of runs around it in the, in Asia, eh? Yeah. So, given how small HK is, I guess this is similar to what happens in Singapore. How frequently do the Hong Kong furries have fur meets, and how easy is it for you all to get together and schedule that kind of stuff? If we take the epidemic of the question, it's like we could say it's like probably once every few weeks. It's like mm-hmm. the usual uh, fur meets that we have are like dinner meets, but we will also throw in the local um, party room every now and then. The dinner meets would usually be uh, like a Japanese all-you-can-eat in like um, Mongkok, which is basically a, a CBD in Kowloon, which would be around like 10-20 people. And fur meets-wise, it would be, um, it would be usually at a party room. And it would probably, I think at most we had like 40. 40, 40. wow, yeah, yeah 40. 40. But um, it's, it, it could range anywhere from like uh, 20 people to 40 people. Interesting. Wow. And 
Yeah, so it's like Hong Kong is very small. It's really easy to commute everywhere. It's like, right. Uh, right. For us, it would be like um, if two hours would be really, really far. Um, usually, and the um, commuting time, if it takes anywhere from like thirty to like thirty minutes to an hour to get to the fair meet, it's like it's reasonable. We usually meet at the um, local uh, mass transit railway station. We just meet together, and then we just head on to our destination. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very convenient. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to drive. You don't need to. Yeah, just team up with a, another group of people to just get in like some sort of venues and stuff. It's very convenient. It's just very close. Driving is like unnecessary in Hong Kong. Oh, we have artist meets too. I forgot about that. We we have like a group of artists because usually uh, artists they aren't like uh, super into like fashion stuff. They're they're into drawing, and we mm-hmm. couldn't find like an appropriate time or a place for for shooting. So usually the artists they just gather around at a cafe and then draw for the whole time and then just chat. We kind of touched upon this topic already about the size of Hong Kong. I, I kind of want to like go ahead and just um, state some facts about Hong Kong. Um, and this is all coming from Wikipedia. So um, if, if this is wrong, definitely you guys can correct me. Hong Kong is a city of about 7.5 million people. And it's approximately 426 square miles. And I know I know that's US uh, customary units. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's not really a big place. And it really like like what Berger said, like it really brings me back to the conversations we had with Kaioki and Holud about the size of Singapore, right? Like this, it's a small country and it's very uh, dense. And just like what you mentioned, Gantos, it's easy to meet people. It's easy to kind of get around using public transit. And that's like in really stark contrast with what we had with Indonesia uh, when we interviewed Chiros and Claude. Because for that country, you know, it's 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 uh-huh. a it's a it's a very large country, and it's also an archipelago, and so it's very hard for those furries to kind of like meet together, um, and 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 just like have fur meets. For them, though, like the unifying thing for them that we learned in that episode was uh, what was it? Uh, Hawaii. And so, like, my question here, though, um, going back to Hong Kong, then is like, how does like size and density? affect how furries interact in Hong Kong? We kind of touched upon it a little bit, but I'd, I'd like to ask that. Definitely like um, brings us back to the point where the MTR system is really extensive and it just mm-hmm. basically makes like um, getting um, people from one one place of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can flash a picture of the MTR, I guess, on the screen now to show everyone. It's still expanding. <laughs> It's wow. still expanding. It, it's going to it's going to look like the freaking London, <laughs> London, <laughs> London underground. Which wow. I think there's more to that in terms of coincidence mm-hmm. because Hong Kong back then is like British right. Hong Kong. So and then there's like the MTO was designed by like folks who have like um, definitely have experience. So makes things just re- really um, easy for people mm-hmm. to get around. Which also brings me to another um, small um, anecdote because I still remember and um, squirrel. I remember that time when when we got some first. Um, from out of town coming to Hong Kong, and then and then we had like um dinner in Mong Kok. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, we zipped all the way to North Point for dessert. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that one. Yeah, it's like I think like Lightning could probably flash a map of like mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Mong Kok is, and mm-hmm. and then North Point. We go from uh Kowloon to Hong Kong Island in just like less than uh, probably like for less than forty five minutes. Yeah, it's really convenient. Just go wow. everywhere. I love that. Suppose like I'm in like on the island and then there's a 
firmies that I am attending in like um new territories. And when I got there, I realized, oh no, I left something back home. I'll be like, Zoop, and then go back to go back home, and then Zoop, and then go back, and then and then I'll still probably have a little bit of time to spare. As long as you don't mind the the bus fare, uh, or the MTR sure, sure. fares, you're you're definitely good if you want to go back and get something. It's very convenient. Yeah. One thing I wanna mention uh, is that. Uh, I noticed that other countries like Canada and Western countries, they have like bowling meets and also ice skating mm-hmm. rinks uh, with mm-hmm. fursuits and stuff. We we don't have that. We don't do that. <laughs> it, it's interesting because you mentioned like this. I was going to jump in on this. Uh, when you're talking about like the party rooms, I because um, here in Taiwan and also for well, during my short time in the States when I was a furry in the States, I don't remember like renting out party rooms um, to just have fur meets. Like here in Taiwan, we would pick a hotel maybe to hang out or we would pick a park or we pick a scenic area to take photos. But I don't know if we ever would say like, okay, like here's a party room. I've I've never I've never actually seen a fandom or seen a group of people like hang out through party rooms. I think that's really cool. But Gantos, we got to explain what is a party room? What does a party room have? I was just going to ask. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> what's a party room? Because I remember uh, there's a UK fur uh, loop stripe that came to Hong Kong. Oh yeah, loop yeah, stripe. Yeah, it came so. to Hong Kong and mm-hmm. then participated in one of the activities, the party room activities we have. And then uh, he mentioned that uh, party room is something that Hong Kong's unique fur meat style because mm-hmm. because they he has never seen uh, anything like that before. So right. uh, that. That kind of like I kind of remember that. Right. Yeah. I was oh I was like so sad I didn't I didn't manage to go to that to that meet with Loops right but I did meet up with him um uh, before that though so, uh okay a party room is basically where a bunch of people could be anywhere from around eight to around twenty five people would rent out a certain uh, activity space in Hong Kong it's like it, it's like probably like in a refurbished mm-hmm. office room or repurposed warehouse place. And um, socialize with like um, board games, like um, drawing, and just like sing karaoke, and like just ball basically pits. a multi-purpose entertainment room. Ball pits. I remember there were like and, yeah, oh yeah, and oh, the ball yeah. pits, wow. and also well, different for some, for some of the Flashless for some of the party rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also yeah. like karaoke and stuff. When I was thinking party room, I was thinking like a yeah. banquet hall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I did not. I did not. Well, think but about that, that is on the that. That is a consideration. Yeah. Well, I mean, where, what else kind of facility would you be able to rent out for eight to twenty-five people just for a party? It'll probably set you around back. I think one thousand six hundred for like the afternoon. That's around. I mean, Hong Kong dollars. So you divide that about around like eight point two USD. Eight, uh, uh, no, seven point. I can't do math. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. So Hong Kong to me comes off as this kind of place again i keep making the comparison to singapore but like east meets west in the sense that it has like this lingering british influence from uh, british colonization but then there's that local hong kong flavor and so like i'm really curious to know like how would you guys describe or characterize hong kong furries like what words would you use to describe them are they open-minded are, are they shy are they energetic like what would you use 
Well, if it's about a local Hong Kong furry group, I think it'd be a little bit more on the introverted mm-hmm. side. It's like they probably need a little bit more time to warm up to you. Mm-hmm. I remember back when I was trying to join the Hong Kong furry fandom, there's like, um, well, I tried to get a foot in the door of the logos, and they'd be like saying, "Oh, um, do you know someone who's like in the in the community? Um, are you friends with someone in the community?" But that was before um, there was like Telegram or like WhatsApp and stuff like that to facilitate mm-hmm. um, ease of communications. Well, at the same time, it's like uh, we do have uh, expert demographics in the Hong Kong furry group and they're a little bit more right. outgoing in personality. You did mention about how um, the East meets West um, cultural influence, but I, I like to say that the Western influence doesn't really transfer over as much into Hong Kong furry fandom as, as oh, okay, you think. Okay. We don't really hang out at like um, Soho or Lan Kwai Fong. Basically, the ex- expat mm-hmm. areas, we just we hang out at local eats like at uh, Japanese um, or you can right. eats and stuff. I think that Hong Kongers, I mean, Hong Kong furries, there's that one thing is that uh, because we're British influenced, but also like we're in Asia. So mm-hmm. there's like a subgroup is that we're divided into like uh, the local group and the English speaking group. Right. Uh, which brings to the point, as Gantos has said, uh, our main ways of communicating is like through Canto and also English and also like probably uh, Mandarin and, and Japanese or some other Asian country languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Gantos. Uh, it's definitely uh, more leaning towards to the introverted side because sure. I think Asia is like overall a very polite region. So that like they care about like manners and stuff, and we don't tend to just go up to others. We're just minding our own business. The you kind of already uh, preemptively answered one of the questions about like what language you guys use, and and you mentioned you primarily use Canta- uh, Cantonese, and I think that's like really really interesting. Again, for like a country that again has like this like colonial heritage, just like Singapore. But in Singapore, most furries actually would use English and, and not Mandarin or Chinese dialect. Though, though that's not to say they couldn't speak those languages if, if they wanted to. But again, like being in kind of like a language nerd, I always find that so interesting because I can't actually speak Cantonese. So um, if I were to go to Hong Kong and travel, though, like, again, as, as a somewhat like mediocre kind of ish um, Mandarin speaker, would you guys recommend that I use English or Mandarin? English, definitely English. Yeah, I- right. I think most of them yeah, I, and English. I knew you guys were going to say that. I, I love to ask that question. They'll, they'll warm up to you if you, if you, if you tell them yeah. you're Taiwanese. That's what so. I'm thinking. Should I just tell Hong them, Hong okay, well, <laughs> well, Taiwan. Like, I need to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. think that would be good. Yeah. Uh, I remember that time uh, when we had like a film from Singapore, and they also like um, they also do ask like a similar mm. question. I think it's understandable on the Singaporean side because Singapore is like, what, four yes, official four. languages? Right. So they have to kind of go with one that is um, um, that's more convenient to um, communicate with like um, right. other people in Singapore. Well, let's go into, I guess, one of the last questions. One of the last two. Uh, so we know that the furry fandom is quite an open fandom, regardless of where you are in the world. There seems to be this concept that the furry fandom is a place where you can express your inner self no matter who you are, but how exactly does that play out in Hong Kong? Is there, and basically, how does that correlate with like LGBT? Is it more supportive, or is, or is it a bit more standoffish? Well, uh, well, in terms of LGBT in Hong Kong, we could say that it's really, uh, really starting to warm up, but it's going to take quite a matter of years. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's in Asia, so people are like more, I think a little bit more on the conservative side, but it's definitely breaking through. I'm going to jokingly said, as long as you don't affect their own lives or their work, um, actually being like whatever sexuality you have or hobbies you have, it's like completely fine because just Hong Kong people are too busy to <laughs> mind about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. very rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, in my opinion, in my perspective, uh, actually having a persona that is like the opposite gender of uh, my sex that was assigned at birth, I totally feel a lot more comfortable in mm-hmm. like expressing myself through this furry fandom. Awesome. I mean, it's progressing, but uh, yeah, Gantos is right. Like, it's still leaning towards the uh, conservative side, but it's it's evolving. Mm. I have faith it's going to be positive. Okay. Okay. So I I want to go ahead and and thank uh, Gantos and Squiller, uh for being here on the podcast because we do have one question, and and we'll, we'll wrap up this episode with this last question. Um, it's actually a unique question, I think, uh, given Hong Kong status. So. The question is, um, where do you guys see yourself in the next three to five years? Do you want to uh, stay in Hong Kong or do you want to leave? And the reason I'm, a- I'm asking this is because for Gantos, like I know we've been talking back and forth and I think one of your plans is to move to Canada. And then for Skrill, like I know you're already in the UK. So I guess like, do you plan on like, you know, leaving Hong Kong soon or or, or, or what's your plan? Well, let's just say that I'm thinking of leaving Hong Kong um, within like the next two to three years. Well, hopefully to either Vancouver or Toronto. Mm-hmm. Partly because it's like I just feel like the Hong Kong rat race is a uh, is starting to tire me. It's like all of those like working like long right. hours and stuff like that. I just want to go for somewhere that's a, a little bit more laid back. Not to mention that I already have like some um, few friends back right. in Vancouver and um, Toronto that I could like probably hook up with and get myself started over there. I, I, I sure am going to miss uh, uh, being in the same time zone as you, though, because <laughs> and then also like whenever whenever like travel becomes safer, like I hope you can still come back to Taiwan. Oh, definitely. I, I, love, I definitely want to come back to Taiwan, Infinity. Taipei. And of course, oh, yeah. I just yeah. want to check out Absolutely, Infinity. Yeah. Woo! Hong Kongers are just famous for working 40 hours a day. Yes. I believe it. it. I believe it. That's already very lenient. I, w- I want to throw the question over to uh, uh, Skrill then. Like, since I know you're in the UK, like, I'm assuming is that is that going to be your like your new home for now, or or what what are your plans? Uh, actually, um, because like getting visas and stuff in Hong Kong to the US has been quite of a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that this is where I'll be staying, but uh, I'll definitely go back to Hong Kong and visit my friends. And also in the future, uh, I'll be going to the U.S. and study music and stuff. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah, definitely. It's um, mm. I don't think I'll be staying in the U.K., but I'll definitely go to uh, Taiwan Infinity and also hey. like uh, Hong Kong to just visit my friends. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. As- as someone who went into studying music and then later film back in college, uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I already, I already understand. I've been like, I've been through like the first semester of um, the online courses, and I'm like, mm, let's see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. Gaiyao, gaiyao, gaiyao. Well, 
Once again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We have learned a lot about Hong Kong and its furries. We have learned about zipping through the entirety of the of the country in a matter of well, less than an hour, basically, right? Yeah. If it, it was stick on MTR, that is. We have learned about party rooms and you could how you could just rent a place out for people to have a party. And we have also learned about the unique situation and style that Hong Kong has and how it's kind of a pretty unique side of the Asian furry fandom. It would be great to get to know you guys more when you come to Infinity or if we ever come to you, whichever comes first. Until then, for now, would you mind giving us some of your social media handles? How do you want people to find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at um, Gantos Bobcat. At um, G-A-N-T-O-S-B-O-B-C-A-T. Uh, for me, you can find me also on Twitter uh, at ScrillerFoxy, which is S-K-R-I-L-L-E-R-F-O-X-E-H. And also, uh, Hong Kong actually has like a Twitter account for Hong Kong First, mm. and it's mm-hmm. just H-K and then F-U-R-S. I'm starting to think that Singapore and Hong Kong might actually be twin brothers separated at birth. Could be, could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just... <laughs> I mean, I agree, I agree. share colonial we heritage. British influence. Yeah. <laughs> we only have Commonwealth. British influence. That will be it for this podcast. Guests for joining us. This has been the Fox and Burger podcast with me, Burger. And I am the Matcha Fox. And we will see you in the next episode. A goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi!